Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. In the 80s, I produced a movie and the cinematographer was Sven Nyqvist, who was Ingmar Bergman's cinematographer. And Sven liked to play tennis. And so it was decided that I would play tennis with Sven on our day off, which was just lunacy. But at any rate, we became friends. And so I asked him, I said, how is it working with Ingmar Bergman? And he said, we would all go to Ingmar's island. And on a Friday night, he would read the movie to us. And by all, he meant the production staff and everybody. And then he said, on Saturday, we would go through the movie very, very slowly. And everyone would ask questions. And then he said on Sunday morning, we would he would read through it again to see if there was anything. And then he said we would go away for a month to do our work before we came back to shoot. And I thought, God, what a way to work. You know, what, what a way to work. What a way to work for actors. What a way to work for production people. You know, just to really have that time. And I was laughing at somebody, a casting director in New York, sent out a note, that, and, and they're very well known. And, and so they said, you know, we really like Daniel. And he sent me the note. And, and I said, well, it's because you work hard. He said, well, there's a rumor I have a good acting coach. And so I said to him, well, there's also a rumor. The only reason that I coach you is so you'll thank me when you win a Tony Award. And I said, I'm very, very greedy. Helen Mirren thanking me was not enough. But I had the same thing working with Helen on the movie Kevin Bacon directed. Helen was doing a play in New York. I got the studio, unbelievably, to fly the writer from Los Angeles to New York. And we all sat around a table in Kira Sedgwick's grandmother's apartment and read the movie and talked about it. And then the writer went off to do a rewrite based on what we talked about. And then I, I don't know how much longer it was before we went into production, but you know we had another script and we went into production. And it's like everybody was kind of, you know, knew what movie we were doing. And it went to Sundance. It was nominated for three Golden Globe Awards. Helen won. But for some reason, nobody understands that if you take the time to build slowly and to let it layer in, then you have a fighting chance. I, I look at all the things. And that, that was the reason when JP sent me that thing with those casting directors and I just lost it and I just thought and this is what we consider to be advice to actors just be real uh, well who whoever says that whoever says just be real I can drink this coffee I mean do you believe I'm drinking coffee do you want to kill yourself watching me 
I, I, I find myself in rage all the time at acting teachers. And I think, mm. I think it comes out of arrogance. That's my theory. I think that the less experience that some people have, the bigger their need of proving themselves perhaps. Maybe. You know what I, mean? I know. I, I, I think it's been true for a long time. I notice it more now because there's so much product. I mean, mm. there really is a lot. Holly, yeah. you're, you're in yeah. England? I mean, my God. Those actors on actors shows where everyone's talking about it and the round tables that they have. It's not only the acting teachers, but it's. Well, okay. Okay. But listen, you can, this you can take to the bank. Listening to an actor about how to act is always going to be a dead end. The reason is, and I don't even think actors make good acting teachers. And the reason is because it, something works for them. So they assume that if it works for them, it'll work for everybody. But th I, I mean, that makes no sense. I mean, when you consider how wide and varied, I mean, my God, in this class alone, we have people from everywhere in the world. <clears throat> I mean, I had no idea how far of a field we were. Uh, I didn't know Josephine was in Sweden. But between Sweden and England and Israel and Korea, so what, everybody's going to work the same? I mean, one of the things that I found, that I realized at one particular point, there are, there are people who don't are they don't express certain emotions cultures what cultures, cultures? thank you amanda uh, you know amanda i speak milton I, she speaks milton and also we have the same french tutor so she insists on sending me texts in french which freak me out but what did she say, Bernadette? Bernadette, what did your last acting teacher tell you? If I made myself look less old and unattractive, I could get considered for better roles. Ah, of course. Of course. I mean... But look, keep in mind, there's a difference between getting the part and getting the job. I, I really am happy if I feel like I got the part. I mean, because then I say, okay, good. I didn't get the job because they were looking for somebody else. You know, they were looking for somebody old and unattractive. And unfortunately, I'm not old and unattractive. So I didn't get the part. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think at some particular point, and this is an unpopular opinion, 
But at some particular point, I have to figure out what I want out of acting. Um, I, Stella said that once. She said, I, I have to figure out what I want out of acting and get everything else out of the way until I get it. And fortunately for me, I mean, I think I'm the luckiest person in the world is because I realized I'm never going to get it. And I, that's what's made it fun. I'm, I mean, by the time, by the time <laughs> I reread my book after it was published, I looked at it and went, oh, God, did I say that? And then I, uh, I had a session with Jonathan yesterday. And so he said, when are you writing the second book? And I just said, ah, please, you know, God, give me a break. But I mean, all, all of those things. I mean, for me, it's interesting to teach in Sweden because I don't know that much about Swedish actors. Unbelievably, I got an email this morning asking if I'd be interested in doing a session in Berlin. Now, the one thing I knew about the Germans was I, I had several films and a documentaries in a German film festival, God, ages ago, 30 years ago. And in American documentaries, we go very close because we're really looking for that emotion. And everybody at the German film festival was very uncomfortable. They, they said, you know, we don't do that. And, and it, they were so uncomfortable. And that's interesting. I mean, my thought about Swedish actors, all I know is that I'm an Ingmar Bergman nut. And so is that all moments are hugely filled. And they take the time to do it. Well, you could never get away with that kind of time in American films. I mean, when I coach American actors, uh, the first time through, we take a lot of time going through it. And then I find myself turning the dial on the action just so everybody can keep the story moving forward, because that's what we do. So, you know, it's a it's a very interesting thing. But that's why I think actors make terrible acting teachers. They know what works for them. The first time we had a read-through of the, of the Helen Mirren film, I was recording it on a cassette recorder. Remember those? Anyway, and so I was recording it. And then after, after it was over, Helen said to me before she left, she said, could you send me a copy of that tape? And I said, actually, I realized the battery was down and I didn't record it. And she said, Mm, oh, that's too bad. I thought I did some very interesting things. Now, Helen Mirren is somebody who could hear a choice that she made and do it again. I mean, most actors I work with, I have a huge fear of them ever watching themselves on tape after a take because of the need to repeat what I did. It's dangerous, but Helen can do it. I mean, can, she can do it like the same or like, you know. No, no, she can, she can, she can easily build on it. I, I mean, in, and it's just like, she just knows what she did. She's like, oh, I like that. I can use that. I can build on that.
You know, Milton, I, I took her masterclass in masterclass.com, yeah. and she expressly mentions that you should never watch yourself on tape. Mm. I know. <laughs> I know. No, no, no. No, and, and also, let's face it, actors are full of shit. I mean... <laughs> she also says you should never, like, rehearse in the mirror. I, I know. It, it's like, but you see, it works for Helen. You know, some actors can watch themselves on tape. Hell, I know actors who can't watch another actor's performance of something they're doing. I can. I, it's easy for me to watch it and, and steal something I like. I'm, I'm absolutely guileless. I mean, I have absolutely no problem at all. I'm so old that when... You know what they say, great artists steal. Good copy. <laughs> yes. Or as I think Jerome Robbins said, we all steal. The talent is stealing well. But I'm so old that in my youth, I saw John Gielgud in a play. And John Gielgud entered backwards onto the stage. Applause, 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 applause. And then he suddenly turned around. Well, I thought a backward entrance was the most fabulous thing I'd ever seen in my life. And so it became a joke in college. Milton's going to make another backwards entrance. <laughs> and I'd find different ways to make a backward entrance. I do have a rule. Why walk into a room when you can make an entrance? And by the way, this is the reason I really like Stella's technique. It really seemed like it made sense. I grew up very, very uptight, middle class, white middle class Texas. I mean, it, it's just like it could not have been a more tediously boring upbringing. And in fact, all the things that we talked about in the 50s, that was my house. We never yelled. We never talked. Everybody was happy. I mean, when my youngest brother informed my parents that he was gay, he was a drug addict, and he hated both of them, my mother's comment was, well, I'll make some coffee. I mean, it's like that's how we dealt with things. So me being in college, where suddenly there was a Strasbourg teacher who wanted, I, 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 was, abso I was absolutely strangled. I mean, I, there was no way that, that I could work that way. It, it's like I, I was petrified every time I did something. I was petrified to let any emotions out at all. And then, you know, so years later, when I started studying with Stella, I thought, oh, that's so interesting. I don't have to do that. I can build in a little bit at a time. He said, yes, but the stage direction said he cries. And I said, well, that's the writer's direction, not the actor's direction. If you cry, you cry. If you don't, you don't. But it's like, you know, I go back to Bobby Lewis's thing. If crying it made an actor, my aunt in Brooklyn's the greatest actress that ever lived. I think two things made their way in. Can you cry and can you yell? I, I have no idea when yelling became acting. But apparently every audition, people just scream at each other. Not a few. Milton, one of my questions for today, um, 
To what extent do you actually pay attention to stage directions? I mean, well, okay. Uh, my note, I confess, was always go through the script and cross out every stage direction. What about the activities? And cross out the activities. I dump all of them because to me, the activities come out of the action of the scene. So it makes sense. And, and by the way, look, sometimes you're going to have to do, I mean, to me, and I've heard teachers say this before, you can't really act until you're off book. And I'm thinking to myself, have you lost your mind? And someday you're going to have to do it. I have never, ever, ever worked on a movie where the director blocked scenes. Ever. And one day you're going to have to do it. I, I mean, I wouldn't work with the director who blocked scenes, but, but you know, m most of the time, I mean, listen. And the first thing Helen did was uh, when we had a kitchen scene was she walked into the kitchen and we were using a real person's house. And she opened all the cupboards to see what was there. She looked underneath. And it's like she knew every, every, she knew the kitchen. I mean, that's a concept we call living in the place. She knew absolutely everything. And she selected an activity. So we worked with the actors. And so they did the scene. We did the scene. And then the way I like to work, of course, which is to me, the perfect way of working is the actors come in, they do the scene. Then we bring the DP and the, and the gaffer in and they watch the scene. And then the standbys, the whatever they're called, come in while they light it. Every cinematographer I've ever hired, I, uh, the first thing I said to them was, I'll tell you what I hate. I hate when the actors are ready and some and I'm holding for lighting, and the the guy that we that we used on the film said it'll never happen, and I said fine, and it didn't. But I mean that's just me. I'm actor friendly. I am I, I seriously go mental. The one thing I can't control is sound. Uh, for some reason, I have never worked on any movie ever that there wasn't a sound problem. I'll have a perfect take and, some, and the sound person will come and whisper in my ear, we probably should do that again. There was an airplane going over. So I, you know, but th there's nothing you can do about that. But look, a lot of times you're going to do it. What you hope is this, and this is the reason that we want to have a technique. We want to have some tools. Why am, I, why am I having you do something I love and something I hate? Because the more I do that, the, I build in a, something I can believe. I can believe I love the ocean. I can believe I love dirty dishes in the in the morning. I can believe I love Juliet. I can believe. In other words, to, you know, to me, it all goes back to if I can build that I love my Apple laptop computer, I can build anything.
I Don't Need an Acting Class is created and hosted by Milton Justice and produced by me, Walker Vreeland. The opening track is by Jeffrey Kayser called Miram from his album Wild Crafted Live at the Dakota. And the closing track is Star Will Guide You Home by Martin Landstrom. If you are getting something from this podcast, if you're a loyal listener, uh, please rate and review us on Spotify, uh, on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. You can find us online at I don't need an acting class.com, on Instagram at I don't need an acting class. And uh, as always, please email us with your questions and comments. Uh, you can email Milton directly at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here with us. And we'll see you back here next time.